You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. And make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we're going to hear a message from Lynn Clellan. Boy, wow. It blesses my heart, uh, Becca and Hannah, that the two of the girls you've seen on stage, they're part of our life group. And just to stand and watch them, uh, they're the life of our life group. Uh, so I, it just blessed my heart. Um, as, as I stood there, I was going to come up and have a canned opening. Happy New Year. Has anybody got any resolutions? But that's not the case. God spoke. This is not a game anymore, church. Our world we live in is a mess. You know it, I know it. Our country is a mess. We've got people hurting all around us. Family, friends. I just found out I was telling Leanne before I came tonight Another, one of my first cousins passed away. My aunt lost two of her daughters within a three-month span. We need God. We need him more now than we've ever needed him, Randy. We do. It's not a game anymore. We can't play No more play church. Pastor stands up here, all the pastors, and they talk to us. We are the church. We are the voice. It's not just the pastors. We're the voice. And part about what I want to talk about tonight is when Jesus was here on earth, he was the voice And before he left, he says, now I want you to go tell people. I'm leaving. I want you to go tell them. Jesus was a teacher. It says in the Bible, he was a teacher. They referred to him as teacher. He was a preacher. Sometimes he would go beyond teaching. He would become a preacher. He would chastise. And then this fell on me. He was a walking and talking church. And I say that because I looked up the word church, and you know what the word church actually means? Called out. Jesus was called out, isn't that beautiful, of heaven to be with us, to teach us. Did he waste his time? Did we learn anything when he was here? Do we go into the scriptures, Randy and I talk, do do we go into the scriptures, and I know I'm talking to a Sunday night crowd, but do we go in here and make, sorry about the sniffles, and make these words jump off the page and not just read the words in this book? This is God talking to us. How much more can we ask for? The creator of the world formulated this book and gave it to us 
so we can model ourselves after it, so we can be in those mansions that Jesus spoke of that he's going to prepare for us to live in. It's here. And now this world needs this more than anything. And if they don't hear it from us, who will they hear it from? We're going to talk about a man tonight by the name of Zacchaeus. He was spiritually blind until he met Jesus. And all that went away. How many people do we know, friends, the world, that are spiritually blind? They have no clue of what's happening around them right now. No clue. Who's going to tell them? we are. Jesus said, you are. You're going to go out and tell them. He told his apostles that. He told his apostles to tell others, and now the others is us. Randy, if you would, I want you to pray tonight. I've got a mic, and I think we can get it activated. Randy, I want you to pray for the, the, the word tonight, but I want you to pray for wisdom that we get from when we read God's word and that we take that wisdom and give it to the world because that's who needs it the most right now, the wisdom of God. Because the world now is walking blindlessly about and not knowing what's about to happen. We have to start stopping playing church and when I say playing church, I mean we have to be, and I'm as guilty as everybody. We have to stop not telling people and tell people. It's the good news. Jesus said, this is the good news I want to give you so you can go tell everyone about it. It's good news. We've got enough bad news around us. Enough. Enough. We need good news. We need people to know that no matter what they're seeing going on around them, all the bad stuff, the virus, our politicians, you name it. I, I, I don't care what it is, you name it. We need people to understand Jesus has something better for them. And then we need to show them and validate what he has for them so they can see that it's real because it is real. How could it be that the creator of the world did everything for us? How could that be? How could it be when Jesus was here on earth, everything that he did was for us? He wouldn't have to do anything if he didn't wanna do anything. He's the creator. I want you to notice tonight that Jesus, the Son of God, mimicked everything that God the Father did in the Old Testament and the New Testament. God created the world. He spoke to the world directly to the forefathers, the fathers. Jesus did the same thing in the New Testament. He speaks directly in the temple. He would go into the temple and preach and teach. And then God began to speak through his prophets. Jesus 
did the same. He spoke through the apostles. And then God in the Old Testament would perform miracles and allow people to see those miracles. And he performed the miracles, why? To validate who he is. So you would believe. Jesus did the same thing. Performed many miracles when he was here on earth. Caused the blind to see, physical sight. Healed those lepers, made them walk again. Healed the issue of the woman with the blood. Did many miracles. Why did he do that? To validate. He's Jesus. He wanted to prove to people who he was. Tonight, we want to look at Luke chapter 19. And I've titled this lesson tonight, Will You Climb the Sycamore Tree? Growing up in Bible school, many of us remember the story of the man of small stature named Zacchaeus. And as kids, we were taught because he was so small, he ran and climbed a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus. But as I read this story again to myself, and with me, it may be different with you, but when the Lord gives me a word, it's for me. It's not for you. It's for me. And then it just keeps resonating in my mind and in my mind. And then the Lord says to me, now, Lynn, it's time to release it. Give it to somebody else. Remember, there's a scripture in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And what's it good for? It's good for reproof, correction, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished in all good works. So God takes his scripture, gives it to you, allows it to resonate in you, corrects the areas that need corrected, and then you're to take that word and disseminate it back out as God gave it to you. It teaches. Jesus was a teacher. So we find ourselves in Luke chapter 19 in a little town outside of Jerusalem. It was east of Jerusalem in a place called Jericho. And the scripture as it starts out, it says that Jesus was passing through and going out of Jericho. How many times has Jesus passed through and we missed him? Zacchaeus will make sure that he doesn't miss Jesus. So let's begin to read the first part of chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho, and I'm reading from the NIV. I, I, went, I, t I told Trey I went back and forth of which translation. I thought this was the best translation to, to understand. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He was a rich man. Remember that. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached that spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. 
So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and they began to mutter, he is going to be the guest of a sinner. I'm gonna stop right there. So why was Jesus going through Jericho? Two reasons. One, there was the one that he knew that was there. Remember the song we sing, the one of the 99? The one was in Jericho, and that was Zacchaeus. The other reason Jesus was passing through Jericho is because he was on his way to Jerusalem. And what was about to happen? His triumphal entry. Jesus was about to be recognized prophetically on the exact time as the Messiah. Remember, he rides into Jerusalem on the donkey, claiming himself now to be the Messiah, just as the Old Testament prophets, Daniel namely, said would happen. And then after he rides in as the Messiah, when everyone should have recognized him as the Messiah, because remember, they said they knew the old law, but did they? Because after he rides in, Jesus cries. He weeps over the city of Jerusalem and he says, Old Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you would have only known, but because you did not know, destruction is gonna come upon you. And it did. 70 AD, the destruction of Jerusalem. But I want you to see here that Soon after him being announced as the Messiah, he's going to be crucified. Not too long after that announcement. How could Jesus, how could he receive such recognition and know also in the back of his mind that he's gonna be crucified and still concerned about one person. How could that be? Where would your focus be? <laughs> I'm getting ready to be announced to be the Messiah. It's gonna be grand. After that, I'm gonna be crucified. That's where my mind would be. I wouldn't be able to forget about being crucified, but not Jesus. Jesus was thinking about the one person. And why was he thinking about this one person? Because that one person's heart was right, and Jesus knew it. He knew it. The Bible says that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. No a chief tax collector. Tax collectors were hated people. They were hated. And the reason they were hated is because their responsibility was a little bit like our IRS. They take your money. His responsibility was to, for the Roman government to tax the people in Jerusalem. And the way it worked was he had a set amount that he would tax the people and then a tax collector would add money on top of that. That's how they made their money. 
Well, Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector. He's crook of the crooks. He's getting the crook's money plus money on top of that. And think about this for a minute. Not only is he hated for that, how much did they make fun of Zacchaeus? He's a little guy. Here comes that little tax collector again. Going to take all of our money. But what's strange is on this day, Zacchaeus didn't care. He didn't care what people said about him. He knew Jesus was coming that day. And the Bible says in the text that he ran. Zacchaeus got ready that morning. Wouldn't it be nice, and pastor talks about this all the time, if we were ready when we came to worship? We get up on Sunday morning. This is our routine. I ain't bragging. This is my routine. We flip on the music. We listen. We're preparing ourselves. When I walk in this building, I'm prepared. I'm ready to go. Everything else is icing on the cake. Zacchaeus was ready. He got up that morning, and the Bible says, the text says, that he ran. No hesitation. He was ready. His heart was ready. There was a crowd gathered. Now, why was Zacchaeus so anxious to see Jesus? Maybe he had heard about him already. Maybe he had heard that he had healed so many people that he turned water to wine. Maybe he knew and believed that he was the Messiah. Whatever he believed, he was going to make sure he made it there to see Jesus. Now, here's my question to you tonight. How eager are we to climb the sycamore tree to see Jesus? Remember when I spoke of the description of Jesus in Revelation, John's description? What did it say his eyes were like? Flaming fire. You can't fake Jesus. His eyes are like x-ray vision. He sees right through us. He knows our heart. He knows when you walk into this sanctuary on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, whenever we meet, he knows if you're ready or not. This is our sycamore tree. The altar is the sycamore tree. He knows when you come to this altar, Randy, whether you're ready or not. Are you just coming up here because you were asked to come here? Nobody asked Zacchaeus to climb the sycamore tree. He was ready to climb the sycamore tree. As we look back into the text, the crowd undoubtedly made fun of Zacchaeus, a grown man climbing up in a tree to see Jesus. Look at the little tax collector. He climbed the tree today to see Jesus. But what does the scripture say? 
In Matthew 18, 3, 4, this just dropped on me when I was studying this. Matthew 18, verses 3 and 4. The text says, unless you are converted. What's converted mean, church? Unless you change from where you were, you're converted. Unless you are converted and become as little children. Might Zacchaeus became like a little child that day? You see kids climbing trees. This was a grown adult. He climbed the tree that day. Unless you become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, Zacchaeus, if you humble yourself as this little child, you are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Do we get embarrassed? I heard pastors say this morning, don't be afraid to come down to the altar. Don't be afraid that somebody's gonna say, oh, I wonder what that person did. The church I previously attended, I heard something a preacher say, and I'll never forget. He said, when somebody comes to the altar, don't whisper, don't talk about that person. They're beat up enough. That's why they're at the altar. Jesus was ready for Zacchaeus. And it's interesting when Jesus comes in, he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. And what's he do next? He calls Zacchaeus by name. How do you know his name? I bet he's friends and in, in, in the people in that crowd's, how do he know his name? But the Bible says in Jeremiah, I think it's Jeremiah 1.5, that the Lord God knows your name even before you were formed in your mother's womb. God knows us. He knows your needs. He knows where you're at in life. He knows how serious you are with him. So as I said when I first started, you can't fake God. So when we climb the sycamore tree, God knows why we're there before we even got there. Jesus knew why Zacchaeus was in that tree that day. He was headed towards being announced as the Messiah and being crucified, but yet he pauses and he says to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, I see you there. Come down from your tree. Today, you will dine with me. Let's read the rest of it. Verse 7 and 19. All the people saw this, began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, 
here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, look at the urgency there. Jesus said today, not Zacchaeus tomorrow, this is going to happen. He said today, salvation has come to your house. Because this man too is the son of Abraham, for the son of man came to what church? Seek and save those who are lost. That is the whole purpose why Jesus came to this world, to seek and save. He came looking for you and I. He came to save us. And how did he save us? by his death on the cross and his blood that was shed. Now, interesting here, Jesus says, because this man too is the son of Abraham, Jesus didn't want to leave any doubt to Zacchaeus or the people that were gathered there that day. I know your name and I also know your lineage. You're attached to Father Abraham. When was the last time Zacchaeus would have heard something like that? Called by name and, and associating him with Father Abraham. Maybe his mother. Certainly not the people in that town. They hated him. They despised him. They probably had many names for Zacchaeus, but it wasn't Zacchaeus. But in this story, Jesus shows up. And because of the heart of Zacchaeus, he changed everything for him that day. Zacchaeus went from someone that was a sinner, that had the guilt, the weight of what he had been involved in on his shoulders. Jesus changed all of that that day. And the scripture says that he changed it immediately. There was no hesitation. There was no Zacchaeus, tomorrow you're going to be a different man. You'll feel a little different tomorrow. And Jesus didn't ask to be invited in his house. He told Zacchaeus, today I will dine with you. Today I will be in your house. Notice the relationship that Jesus has with Zacchaeus. It's personal. That's what it's all about, church. A personal relationship with Jesus. It has nothing to do, and I didn't learn this until later on in my Christian walk. It has nothing to do with theology, what you know. It has nothing to do with doctrine. I wrote these down. Nothing to do with your theories. Oh, we all have our opinions. We like to tell everybody what this certain verse says about God. But in reality, it all comes down to what is your relationship with Jesus? Remember, Jesus said that the day is coming 
that many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? And Jesus will say, I don't know you because you didn't have the relationship part right. Jesus is my friend. He's my savior, but he's my friend. In my personal walk, I'm not afraid to go to Jesus for anything, anything. It can be the smallest of things, it, it could be the biggest of things. Those things that we see currently going around us in the world, those are the things that are big things that we take to Jesus. Zacchaeus had big things that he was going to lay on Jesus' shoulder that day. He had basically been robbing people his whole life. So first, Zacchaeus' heart is right. He confesses. And then he repents. And then he tells Jesus how I'm going to correct it. That's conversion. You're going from where you used to be to where I'm going to. Zacchaeus says, Lord, I'm going to give back four times the amount I took from these people. Well, I would have liked to have been one of those people that he took money from. He was correcting his mistakes. And he didn't wait for Jesus to tell him what they were. He told Jesus what he was about to do. Oddly enough, Zacchaeus' name means pure one. The day he ran to the tree, he wasn't so pure. But after he met Jesus, he was the pure one. As I wrap this up tonight, the thing that spoke to me the most about this section of scripture and pastor alluded to it this morning God loves us he loves us even though we make mistakes even though there are times we get involved in sin God loves us and don't allow the enemy to tell you because of what you might have been involved in in your past, maybe what you're currently involved in, that you have no place in God's house. That's a lie from the devil. It's a lie from the devil. God knows we're going to make mistakes. Zacchaeus made mistakes, but on that day, Zacchaeus was ready for the Lord to correct his mistakes. One other thing that I had wrote down, the sycamore tree. This is very interesting. The sycamore tree represents strength, protection, catch these, church, eternity, and divinity. Strength, protection, eternity, and divinity.
You know what that reminds me of? The cross. The Lord said, Lynn, you don't have to climb the sycamore tree. My son climbed the tree, the cross, for you. Now, all we have to do is meet him at the cross. That's beautiful. I love that. Jesus is waiting for all of us. The Bible says he stands at your door and he knocks. It says in Revelation that he that hath an ear, let him hear. But the knocking will cease. There's a day coming, church, when the Lord will knock no more. There's a day coming, Jesus is coming back and he's gonna take his church. The knocking part will be over. If you came tonight and you haven't received him as your savior, he's knocking and he's asking. He's looking and he's seeking. Remember, I came to seek and save those which are lost. Jesus is looking for you tonight. I'm not kidding around here. Jesus is looking for you. If you came and, and you haven't accepted him as your savior, if you haven't asked him for forgiveness, he's looking for you. And he's wondering why. I'm asking you, why? Everything God has done, as I said previous in the Bible, was done for us. He didn't have to, but he did. So why? The truth is that after Jesus comes back and takes his church, there's gonna be a very severe period of time and we've talked about this already. It's a period of time that you don't want to go through. Be ready and go when he comes back. Be waiting at the top of the sycamore tree. Be looking. Jesus says, watch for the signs. Look up, your redemption is nigh. Jesus wants us watching and waiting, anticipating his return. I don't know about you, church, but everything I see going on in our world, I don't want any more part of it, especially if the church is out of here. Amen? So why? If you would bow your heads as I close this. The first call is for those who came tonight 
that may need to climb the sycamore tree, but you're reluctant. You know the issues you have. You know that sometimes you're at the end of your rope. You know there's nothing left, but you're still reluctant to climb the sycamore tree. Zacchaeus wasn't reluctant. Zacchaeus said, today it's over. I'm climbing the tree, I'm seeing the Lord, and I'm gonna ask for forgiveness. I don't know what you have going on in your life, but the only way you can rid yourself of those issues is to not be embarrassed and afraid and climb the sycamore tree. The altar's open. The second call is for salvation. The truth, church, and you've heard this many a times, we may not make it out those doors in the back tonight. That's the truth. I know it hasn't happened. You may not make it home tonight. What is the condition of your soul? Jesus shed his blood so that you and I can have remission of sins. We can be forgiven. But you have to climb the sycamore tree. You have to meet the Lord at the altar at the foot of the cross with your heart open wide and ask the Lord, Lord, today, I'm gonna to be Zacchaeus. If you're in our audience tonight and you have not accepted Jesus, you can tonight. By simply just raising your hand and acknowledging, Lord, it's me. Tonight, I want to ask Jesus into my life. I want to be forgiven. I want to make sure that when Jesus returns, I go with him. I go to those mansions that he talks about, that he's prepared for us to live in. Is there one? Is there one? Did you come tonight not knowing your condition, that if you were to die tonight, you don't know that you would be with Jesus when he returns. If not, the altar is open. If you have anything that you would like to lay at the foot of the cross, to ask Jesus to help you with, to ask Jesus for forgiveness, you can do it now. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 